0: Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reduction issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, 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 no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish And this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you, our listeners, to join our conversation live by calling us at 877 864 4869. Again, that's 877 864 4869. You can log into our chat room here at toginet.com and come into the conversation that way or through Twitter at Lisa Cayman and at HH Talk Radio on Twitter. Or you can tweet at us with the hashtag harvesting happiness all right today is a military focus show we do this once a month in service to our returning military servicemen and women and helping get the word out about different methods different ways to reintegrate successfully back into civilian life to manage symptoms of post-traumatic stress traumatic brain injury suicide awareness, anything that really relates to the successful transitioning back to life after adversity and trauma. So we've got two amazing, amazing guests today. The first one is Rebecca Summers, and she is from Intersections International. And I want to give you a little history of Intersections International and the veteran-civilian dialogue, which is an extension of intersections programming that provides powerful forms of community building and social healing for vets and civilians. Through intersections, um, they provide individuals, individuals with a safe haven where they can communicate and connect in a trusting environment, as well as present people veterans with vital resources to improve their life career and relationships through their sister organizations in the collegiate family and we'll get into the collegiate family when we get into our conversation with Rebecca but I want to introduce a little bit about her background because it is an essential part of why she is able to do what she does. Rebecca earned her commission as a naval officer in May of 2000 and was designated a surface warfare officer upon completion of initial training in Newport, Rhode Island. She redesignated as an aerospace maintenance duty officer in 2005. Summers' assignments span experience in both the surface fleet and naval aviation. She is a veteran of Operation Enduring Freedom and several combat deployments herself. Summers resigned her commission in 2010 and and joined the staff of Intersections International as program manager for the Veteran Civilian Dialogue Program in April 2013. It is her goal, and we're going to talk about her goals because she has big and beautiful ones, that uh, to construct inclusive communities across America through dialogue and the collaboration between veteran organizations, colleges, universities, and community leadership. Good morning, Rebecca. Do we not have Rebecca? Is it? live radio and Rebecca's disappeared somewhere into the ethers hmm I have no production prompts, so I'm, I'm flying solo in the ethers. Rebecca will be here at some point, And I guess we do have Jody, our next guest in the house. Jody Bremer is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she has been on this show before. And we love having her on this, mili- this military focused show because she emphasizes uh, her work with military servicemen and women and their families in private, pra- private practice. Good morning, Jody. Do we not have Jody either? Well, I'm flying completely alone here. So until we can track down our guests and have a successful dialogue with them, I am going to talk to you about Reboot. Reboot is our six-week program that is designed to offer online combat trauma recovery programming to our servicemen and women. It is in partnership with Groupon Grassroots. And we run through the basic structure of applied positive psychology coaching as it relates to combat trauma recovery awareness, offering tools and resources to quiet the mind, to stay focused and centered when uh, traumatic stress symptoms appear. In addition to which, we also train folks in the art of mindfulness. And you might question, what the heck is mindfulness? Mindfulness is really a very simple art of being aware, of being fully present in life, of focusing attention in the present moment. And it has been said that when we're focused in the present moment, we cannot ruminate. We can't worry about life through the rearview mirror. We can't worry about which is the past. And we can't worry about what the future will hold looking at it through the windshield. So in mindfulness, we are in this present moment. And it happens to be a safe place 99.9% of the time. And that is why it is successfully used in combat trauma recovery programming at reboot so to learn more about reboot we just started a new cohort this past week you can still register for the course it is at no charge for any servicemen and women who wish to participate you will just need to play catch up through our pre-recorded system and you can be back on uh, track with us for next monday's second module and i am so grateful that we have jody bremer on the line jody Yes, good Maybe. morning. Ain't
2: technology grand. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, you know, I'm I'm flying so, uh, solo here for a while and I was like doesn't anybody want to talk oh, no, to me? You're not. And I, I'm and here. I I know you are, and I am so grateful that you are. And let's just jump right in because you have training, um, specifically. You have a special verification from the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists in working with military members and their families, specifically in private practice. And this is a little bit different. Jody, do we have you? Do we lose you?
3: Oh yes, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I. I do have Uh, that verification. I do have that certification, and and, eighty percent of my practice in my private practice does deal with the military and their families, active duty. And let's talk about the biggest. So I see a lot of. You
1: see a lot of of the service members and their families.
3: Yes, young people. I mean, we're talking anywhere from eighteen to twenty eight, for the most part. I mean, this is the. The early years, this is what has included Afghanistan, maybe the tail end of Iraq, uh, all of the problems associated with not only young married life and maybe young family life, but add in all of the issues regarding military lifestyle, moving, deployments, reintegration, not to mention um, everything they bring back. And again, I know you're famous for calling it PTS and not PTSD, and that's exactly What my focus is on is helping these these um, military members and their families adjust uh, not only to the stresses of young married life but also the stresses involved in the military.
1: Yes, and you know, you know, losing the D, I find, and I'm sure in, in my work, and I know you found this in your practice, is liberating because it makes people understand they're not crazy; they're normal for their responses to extreme stress.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, There are times when situations that don't even have anything to do with with war, such as uh, somebody who's been raped or traumatized or saw their house burned down or or somebody who's experienced a horrible, horrific accident may have what the disorder has come to mean, that you have flashbacks and, and you relive it and you're back in the moment. But when your body is exposed to a wartime situation or things that are ongoing where every day, a normal day, is to take the the idea of whether or not you're going to survive until sundown or through the night takes into account, your body is reacting the way it's supposed to be. It's got that fight or flight. It's got that... Um, identity of push the adrenaline through because we need to be on high alert, hypervigilant. And then when that immediate danger is gone, what is your body supposed to do with all these changing brain processes that were keeping it alive for so long, for, for 6, 8, 10, 12 months at a time? The idea that somebody would come back after experiencing these would be absolutely critical to, the, to who they are and, and how they are. It would be normal. Just as you said, it's a normal reaction to a very abnormal situation, especially for any extended period of time.
1: Indeed. And I want, we're going to go to a break in a minute. And when we come back, I want to really stay on this subject because this, I find that when we explain this to these young men and women, what is going on in their brains, what is going on in their bodies, and they can understand intellectually the process it is very empowering and that's what i uh want to do with this work is to empower people to take back their lives to understand that they need not be defined by the trauma that they can grow because of it and we're going to go to a break and i'm going to uh, the, uh, Jody, I'm so sorry. We are having completely wonky airwaves today, and I want to make sure that we give our listeners your contact information. If you are in need of counseling, if you are, if you, you are your family and you have served and you're going through a difficult time, please consider visiting Jody Bremer at jodybremer.com. That's J-O-D-Y-B-R-E-M-E-R.com. Here come the tunes. We will be right back. Tough,
0: and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break.
2: Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, "Got Happiness Now: Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life," available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com.
0: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen.
1: Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, our show focus today is restoring wellness after war. It's a military focus, but please, regardless if you have a military connection or not, listen to what we're offering here because it really is about tools and strategies for coping with any adversity that comes through life. There are certain areas certainly that are exclusive to the military community, but suffering is suffering and trauma is trauma, and we want to uh, offer tools, resources, and support to anybody who is going through a difficult time. I'm speaking with Jody Bremer, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a Master's of Arts in clinical psychology, and her specialty is working in private practice with military service personnel and their family members. And prior to the break we were talking about losing the d in a ptsd diagnosis how pts post-traumatic stress is a very normal reaction to abnormal stress overload and jody was articulating what happens to the body and the brain when um, exposed to continuous stress and i want to jump back on this because it's really important for people to understand intellectually what's happening to them so, Jody, are you with me or are we still having crazy, crazy airwave day here? <laughs> <laughs> She's here. She's with me.
3: Yes. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. The, the brain, when we undergo a trauma, starts becoming alert to the idea that something bad might happen to us. And we are programmed for survival. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard the term fight or flight. There's, there's also fight, flight, or freeze. Um, you you can imagine those cartoon characters that were either running things or staying there and they're having their eyes bulge or even fighting back. Ah, you want a piece of this? When a military member is going over to to war, they are put in a situation where every day and sometimes all night long, they are in a position of such hypervigilance, which is just being on alert all the time to... Anything that might happen, whether it be a car bomber or um, uh, uh, an incoming or an IED, which is an explosive incendiary device, a bomb, uh, that they are on hyper alert constantly. Uh, Their life depends on being aware of everything, and their brain reacts the way that it needs to which is to provide that extra adrenaline boost to keep them alert, to keep them vigilant, to keep them aware, and to allow them to function if anything were to go wrong or to happen. Now, you take that person who has this adrenaline dump for months and bring them back home and put them in a situation where cars are going fast or paper bags are flying by the side of the road, which could identify an IED over in another country, or a driver that isn't paying attention, uh, which could be a driver that is aiming for them, or even putting them in in an enclosed room, which is a very scary thought. That's why a lot of military people like to sit with their back against the wall and watch the entrances, because they are trained for all of these months or years prior to going into combat, and then when they're in combat, to watch for anything suspicious. So they come back, and they're performing their roles. But their mind is saying, I don't have to provide these roles, but their brain that's been inundated with all of this adrenaline is saying, you sure as heck better perform these roles because this is what you're trained for and you don't know what could jump out of the rafters or whatever. So it's very difficult for them to adjust and the stress of adjusting to coming back sometimes, oftentimes, will Manifest in dreams at night and it will relive the moments that were scariest uh, when they were apart and result in bad dreams or result in um, not even being able to go to sleep because when they go to sleep they're going to have these dreams again they're going to relive things that happened over in the other country and they don't want to go to sleep so we're dealing with sleep deprivation we're dealing with the fear of going to sleep we're dealing with all of this trained vigilance when they come back and this is, this is normal. This is what they were taught to do. But when they come back, they don't need to do it anymore. And it's a slow process, and it's a scary process. And reliving anything bad that they experienced is, is a frightening process. And it's not only difficult for the member themselves, but it's extremely difficult for the family members back home because the person that left seems to be very different than the person who came back and that's where the struggles come from and that's where the process of normalizing their life comes to and having them realize that hey you're not crazy you are normal reacting under what was very abnormal circumstances and here let's bring you back slowly let's let's get you back into relaxation calmness serenity which by the way they they don't have it all. They're very serene when they've got their gun by them. But um, it's it's a it's a process. It's not an illness. It's not a disease. It's not a disorder. It's a process.
1: Well, I want to I want to talk about that. Are you finding there? That, yes, I am. Can you? Am I there for you? Can you hear me now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I am I am so there with you because um, this is where. My greatest joy and challenge comes in is helping these young men and women, you know, find some sense of serenity, some sense of joy after this experience. And you mentioned about that, that sense of serenity comes from having your gun next to you. And I want to point out that this is a hyper mindful state that we talk about training these men and women in in mindfulness and giving them tools to manage stress and anxiety and even learning meditation. And what that does is it helps begin to connect the dots that they can tune in to what it was like to be mindful in theater when you're as if your life depended on it, because it does, and those of your brother and sister in arms. But then how do you um, translate that back to civilian life? How do you rewire those skills of mindfulness to daily life and family life and civilian life? And that's the challenge of our work, I believe.
3: I think that that is – it's huge – um, The service members might say, calm, serenity, mindful, what is all that stuff? I just want to get through a night's sleep. The the reality is is that they must readjust from one complete lifestyle to another. And every body, literally every body, reacts to things in very different ways. For some people... um, a snake is a good thing. For another person, a snake is a horrible thing that's going to give them nightmares. And the way that different people, different bodies react under stress, uh, whether it be stress here or stress in war, every individual is different. So each time somebody comes into my office, each situation is unique to that person. What is it that triggered them? Was it seeing um, a buddy who got wounded? Was it that they they got wounded and they're absolutely fine with it? Or was it the state of constant vigilance that got them kind of stuck in the mindset of vigilance without even having seen any war at all? Was it that um, uh, a jeep ran over their foot? Um, or, or uh, There could be any number of different things that created the the stress for the person, and it could be multiples. It could be multiple stresses. It could um, Day after day of anything that could happen creates that, this pattern of, of adrenaline rush. And when you say to be mindful and to create the serenity or to give them the calmness or the meditation, ideally, we could work toward that. But again, just, just as I said before, it's a process. It's a um, And it would be different with each and every person as to what they need at that time. Do they need just to get over the sleep cycle? Do they need just to relate to their spouse again and trust their spouse again? Uh, Do they need to relate to their children, possibly a, a baby that they've never even met before? Maybe they came left as a couple and came back with a baby as part of the mix. And you add a stress of an infant to a family when he didn't even go through the pregnancy or the birth with the mom, And here he's dealing with his own demons and the mom is dealing with the stresses of being a new mom. And each individual case is very different and very unique, but they still have the same underlying need, which is to try to reconnect in a healthy, safe way together again. And the bottom line is, as they're coming back to this life, how can we get them to be comfortable and to have their family be comfortable in it again, too.
1: And the, these are huge challenges. They, um, it, 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 it's, it, it does not happen overnight. It, it, it is a process. And these tools that we're talking about, you know, being mindful, for example – can be in in action it doesn't mean that you sit and contemplate your navel it's about bringing awareness to whatever you're you're doing you know and for for some people it may be a very active kind of mindfulness (laughs) i mean i i say it i say it facetiously but there's truth in that you know often people think when we say "Oh, we're going to teach you to meditate or teach you to be mindful they're like what isn't that for hippies that's woo woo and we're not talking about that there are several ways several paths to, to to follow that really are about creating awareness in the present moment because that that this moment is the only thing that we know for sure and I have found that this is a very valuable tool amongst many others to help people when their stress symptoms begin to percolate to manage because it it may take a while for these symptoms to go away it may take years so how do you manage when, when, the, symptoms, you know, when the symptoms happen? We are, are almost out of time, and I want to um, get to secondhand trauma because this is a very, very important issue that many people are not aware of. So if you could talk very briefly about secondhand trauma and the importance of seeking treatment for the individual and the family.
3: When you say secondhand trauma, you're talking about what the families go through? what the families go through. Yes. Uh, Remember when they sent their loved one off to war, it was with a certain mindset that they're doing something and they're going to come back whole. And when their loved one comes back, they don't always seem to be the same person. One of the comments I hear a lot is um, it's not the man I married or this wasn't the man I fell in love with. And what, The families go through, what the wives go through, what the girlfriends, what the parents go through is what happened to my guy. And they're going through the trauma of realizing, okay, he's physically present, but he's not not mentally the same. He's not emotionally the same. He's cold, he's distant, he's angry, he's this, he's that. What happened to the man I loved? And this secondhand trauma, if this is what you're referring to, it's trying to allow a new phase of life. They'll never return to what they were, but they will become more than they used to be um, because of these experiences that they now have. And therein um, lies the... The I don't need to go back to you because I know we're coming up on a break. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna jump in here and therein lies the opportunity for transcendence and growth through this healing process. And I want to point out something that the other spouse is not that same person either. So there's some food for thought. Because nothing stays the same. It's important to recognize that we are all changing and all dynamic. To learn more, go to jodybremer.com. Thank you, Jody. We'll have you back soon.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we'll
0: be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes.
2: Likes to win? Enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Cayman, Lisa's books, Happiness First Aid kits, H Factor, Where Is Your Heart documentary film. Happiness is an inside job product, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her 1st ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com.
0: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us today on Wonky Radio Wave Wednesday here, we are talking about restoring wellness after war. And I we got our guests completely backwards today because we were having technical difficulties but we have rebecca summers with us now and as i mentioned in the first segment that rebecca is part uh, she is the program manager for the veteran civilian dialogue program which is part of intersections international and i want to talk a little bit kind of set this up for you one of the best ways that we can help one another heal from any difficult situation is through compassion empathy listening and love and Rebecca's project the Veterans civilian dialogue is really the embodiment of this it's creating a dialogue for civilian and civilians and service members to come together and communicate communicate in a therapeutic model that is really very heart-centered so good morning Rebecca I am so glad we found you out there in the airwaves <laughs> It was a I challenge so today. To
4: thank you for uh, all your patience. Oh,
1: well, no, we company. thank you Always for flexible. yours for not giving up on us. So, <laughs> we are we want to talk oh, about <laughs> the program and about the community that you're creating and the concept of social healing because this is this is tremendous mm-hmm. and, and very cost-effective, I might add. <laughs> well, it depends.
4: I have to fundraise, so sometimes cost-effective. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I know. I hear you. <laughs> you know, the one thing that we <laughs> um, so, so Veteran Civilian Dialogue is interesting in that uh, we focus on social healing and community building and not so much health disorders, as you, as you were talking about earlier with PTSD or, you know, post-traumatic growth, but those things come up, and we find that in our dialogue. It's very cathartic, the community as a whole, both the civilian and the veterans together, uh, learn to remove the stigma of the other, and they end up on equal footing, which in our society is something we really, really need, uh, particularly when it comes to um, rebuilding after war and rebuilding in these moments where we are right now with our economic situation and everybody's just kind of finding their feet out there.
1: And, and, and the beauty of this is it is a safe space. It's completely confidential. I mean, the, 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 the setup set it up for us. What, what somebody would experience if they were to come into one of these programs, one of these sessions?
4: Absolutely. It is a safe space. So folks are going to come into an environment um, where everything that they say is confidential. They'll so do some work in both large group and small groups. Um, that the facilitated dialogue, so they are allowed to kind of move their mindset into what the topic at hand is. Um, and the first thing we do is there's there's actually a little bit of community time ahead of time with some snacks and folks getting to know each other to already begin to move into the moment of breaking the ice. With the small groups and the larger groups, those are times where we focus on the question together and with the with small group facilitators. And that's where we find there's most vulnerability, where people come out and put the honest information on the table, um, things they're afraid of, issues reintegrating, things that may have happened in combat trauma or for folks who, for example, are survivors of Hurricane Sandy or Hurricane Katrina, when they come to the table, they have a whole nother, nother point of view of, of how I build this community and move forward. And when they meet, they're meeting on terms where folks are putting the most honest stories out there and connections are being built through similarities. Um, and in the safe space, I, I cannot stress it enough. It's one of those things where we go as far as the folks want to go. We meet them where they're at. Um, so that way we can make sure we're meeting their needs. And we also engage various types of arts as another means of communicating. Um, to date, we've used poetry, we've used music, painting, dance, uh, we even had Shakespeare, which was wonderful, uh, and, and today about 3,400 participants have come forward and said, you know, we want to talk. We want to talk with our community.
1: And are the facilitators peers or are they professionals?
4: They are both. And they are folks who have come forward from the community who are trained in both cultural competency and military cultural competency um, through the intersection's method. Um, they are also trained in communication, but some folks are, are school teachers, others are professionals in psychotherapy. They are folks who have a vested interest in rebuilding their communities, um, and, and we found that it's really important to have the sociocultural competency, uh, the communication, and the military cultural competency so that we are bridging the gap across all generations of conflicts and across all all different types of personalities and backgrounds when folks come to us at the table. Um, you know, for example, an anti-war activist or a peace activist is going to be sitting in the same room as a veteran, and those two backgrounds are going to have very, very different undercurrents. And how do you control the room to a place where it remains respectful and honest and and mature in which each other is sharing that, that special information for one another? Um, because there are times... Um, with the facilitators, where they've actually experienced, um, I literally have witnessed the moment of healing with the community. You know, we've got folks who were part of the anti-war movement, and by meeting veterans and coming to understand why they chose to serve, their perspective on the concept of war itself has actually changed. And while we're not out to necessarily change people's minds about um, I have no words for English today. <laughs> well, I want to uh, exchange the viewpoints. We are there to find time
1: and understanding. And uh, to me, this is about fellowship. The beauty of this project and this program is it's really about using fellowship as a means to heal. And this goes back you know, to, to tribal cultures, that one of the reasons why... <laughs> Um, warriors more successfully would reintegrate into their communities and i'm talking about going back hundreds of, uh, and if not thousands of years is because they were allowed this very communal process to talk about what happened to be embraced by the community and and loved by the community in an empathic and compassionate way that would allow the, the the warrior to heal to let down his guard in, uh, a little bit and begin to reassimilate back into society changed of course from the experience but um perhaps more welcome and it's that welcoming yes, even, i think, think, think that's, that's part of right it point. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny because when you were speaking with jody
4: earlier can you hear me
1: I can, I can hear you now. <laughs> Hello? I'm, I'm here. Okay. Yes, I can hear sorry, you. Sorry,
4: sorry. Okay. Um, when you were talking with Jody earlier, I thought one thing that was really neat that you that mentioned was the idea that, you know, oh, that's serenity. And serenity happened often for folks when their gun was near. Um, and another time where it's prevalent is when there's camaraderie because isolation is, is that weak link. And you bring up a really great point with what happened in the Native American culture. There was a distinct warrior group with the Native American culture. Yet here in the way current America is is set up, we have it as this almost that almost polarization where there's the veteran either they're on a pedestal as a hero or they're on the other side of the spectrum, which is they're broken. But the reality is most veterans fall somewhere in that gray space in between. And so, um, they just, they're, they're really interested in finding that community, and that's where VCD comes together to begin to share those stories so they don't have to be isolated and they can find an outreach because if they're not in a community with their, um, uh, their comrades, as if you were finding a lot of reservists they're not, they don't come back to a base, they come back to a community, that's where their neighborhoods can step up and have those conversations.
1: And what... Another beauty, beautiful aspect of this program is that it's very modern, the way that you are outreaching to the public, you know, through Facebook and um, uh, Veterans Associations on college campuses. I would love for you to talk a little bit about this because it is very, very different than the the traditional model where you come home from war, you're told you have PTSD, and I hate that D in the PTS equation, and that you need (laughs) – A pre- prescribed kind of treatment, and really, what this offers is an adjunct. Maybe for some, it's enough. Maybe it's an adjunct to other treatment that they're receiving. But it's a modern approach, and um, it's very, very valuable and powerful.
4: Absolutely. Um, you know, we're reaching out, like you said, through student veterans' associations with fellow. Uh, veteran groups such as Team Rubicon, Team Red, White, and Blue, Services for the Underserved here in New York City, material, uh, the Military Resilience Project. These are all folks who have the same idea we do of the community-based model in that um, when folks came home from past conflicts, they came home and they were expected to just reintegrate. We've learned the lesson that you need the community as a whole. Uh, you know, we have a veteran who, who is now one of our facilitators and who's from Vietnam, he served in Vietnam, and he didn't speak for 40 years he was told, you know, you're, you're crazy. He was basically, you know, they didn't recognize the symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder, and it came out as, you're crazy. And so for 40 years he thought, I'm crazy. And then coming here to the dialogue and approaching it in a very modern way, um, and then as we go out to the different libraries and we go out to the business sector and have these conversations, he realized, I'm not crazy. And he began to open up and began to share a story, and it's become so effective for his healing. He's actually now one of our outreach partners. So, um, the idea of going into the community and rebuilding through the simple service of others of talking in conjunction with action, uh, you know, I can't stress how effective it has been, as you said, you know, and that in that an associative. and during freedom, and Operation Iraqi Freedom Generation is a little bit different. You know, they are the first all-volunteer force to go to war. Um, But what's interesting is that spirit of volunteerism and community that prompted them to serve to begin with is still very much alive when they come home. So they are kind of, they're taking a new generation, and they're asking Americans all around them and all their different communities to to speak and come to the table um, to usher in this new era of American citizenship. out and help in that aspect
1: as well. Beautifully said. We are going to go to a break. I want to give your contact information. The website is www.intersections, plural, intersectionsinternational.org. <laughs> On Twitter, the handle is at intersections ny intersections new york N.Y. and on facebook it is intersections and you have ongoing programming that is going on and there is lots going on on your website so i encourage listeners to go over there and Mm -hmm. really review all the kinds of things that are going on and we're going to come back and talk more about the programming and other outreach efforts that you're doing specifically for women the lgbtq community and um uh, the impact of don't ask don't tell on october 4th which is coming up you're listening to harvesting happiness talk radio and the tunes are coming we will be right back with connectivity all over the place because we are willing the airwaves to hold <laughs> for us today <laughs> on wonky wednesday
0: <laughs> How on harvesting happiness with lisa cypress cayman on toginet.com like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details.
2: Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, families, Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have
0: a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about restoring wellness after war and supporting our returning military service members and their loved ones. Um, I urge you to download this free podcast on iTunes if you're just joining us now because we're really sharing some valuable information today that involves the – really uh, revising the way we look at post-traumatic stress, the way we we look at wellness after war. And with me right now is Rebecca Summers. She is from Intersections International, which is based in New York, and she is the program manager for the Veteran Civilian Dialogue Program. And this is a phenomenal program that is all about creating community, social healing for vets and civilians alike. Prior to the break, we were talking about the generation of servicemen and women that we are working with now. Um, These are tech savvy OEF and OIF veterans. They are using social media to gain awareness and promote dialogue and sharing. And let's just jump in, Rebecca, to some of the outreach efforts that you're making to different uh, areas within the community and why it's important to create community as part of the healing experience.
4: Absolutely. Um, well, I, first of all, this is the part that makes me most excited because it's one thing to talk about reaching out to the community as a collective whole, but it's a lot harder to do that if you're trying to cast a wide net. So what we've begun to do is do a specialty events for specific communities because that allows those communities to go out and reach as well and those folks who are peripheral staff. So we can kind of do it two ways. And we've begun to introduce focused programming to include all-women veterans, uh, civilian dialogues, uh, specific events designed for student leaders and faculties on college campuses. We're reaching out to the business sector to assist with successful programs um, to help folks understand the military cultural competency. You know why certain veterans are are uh, you know they're always on time. They can't quite drop the pack, if you will. They're always kind of engaged in something in their business sector. And why are, why, do, why do they think certain things? Why are they kind of programmed a certain way, if you will? Um, I and mean, once you do that. Then you begin to realize the best way to employ each other's skills, on the civilian side, on the military side, and that's where you can begin to build that community of of, uh, finding those common points. One of the things I'm most happy to introduce is our first uh, first upcoming ever LGBTQ dialogue, and it's going to specifically focus on the impact of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and that's coming up on October 4th here in New York City. Um, It's an event that's open to everybody, idea of why it's bad for the military or why it was good for the military because obviously people have their own opinions on how this went. Um, all of the dialogues that we're going to do incorporate the arts and this one included, but this one, this event is going to focus on the photography and audio clips and interviews conducted by artist Vincent Chiani. His work is provided from a photography book that he's doing that's coming out in twenty fourteen called Days in the Military, How America Friends Me. And it is, oh Lisa, this beautiful work, and I, I guarantee that the conversations we have are going to be equally rich. I think it's going to be really fantastic, um, because then you kind of put a space, you know, you see your neighbor, you see your brother and your sister and family members, you get to see the actual fabric of society when you view these photos in regards to the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, and so we're pretty excited to do that.
1: Are you making these, some of these images available through your social media efforts? I mean, would we be able to share them to, uh, with our community to help stimulate interest for the event? Is that something that you guys are doing? Absolutely, we can do that. That would uh, be great. Yes, we,
4: well, well yeah. on our flyers, we have announced.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say, because if there? you get those to us, we, we, will, we will definitely circulate them through social media. That would be wonderful.
4: Oh, we would love to. Uh, com, and I will send that link as well. Um, and you can see some of those photos and, and hear the audio clips. Um, and, and just to get those dialogues talking, and of course we'd like to know what folks are thinking, and go ahead and post that on our Facebook page as well. And that's the Veteran Civilian Dialogue Program on Facebook. Um, and and oh. what's really interesting, the reason it's significant, I'm sorry?
1: No, go ahead. Because I, I, I did not have the uh, veteran civilian dialogue on Facebook. I just had intersections. So thank you for adding that. Oh,
4: sure. No problem. Um... We we just relaunched that page actually, and that's an, a new way for us to reach out. You know, for example, people in Montana, you know, they may not be able to come to New York to participate in a dialogue, but they can engage as often as they like, ask whatever questions they like via Facebook. Um, politics, just like our dialogues, the politics are left outside, but humor, compassion, inquiry, respect—they are all welcome on Facebook.
1: Perfect, and I think that this is this is really what. It- the work that we are doing is is about for me from where i sit i feel a civic duty you know i feel like it's my responsibility to do what i can i didn't go off to war no one in my family went to war I don't have that as a personal uh, experience, but what I do have as a personal experience is witnessing the complications of what happens when these young men and women return home from war and a sense of social responsibility to make sure that they're not just okay. Okay is not okay. That They need to thrive. They're so young and they come home with 50 or 60 yeah. years. <laughs> Yeah, life is life, a big, absolutely. juicy life lays ahead for these men and women, regardless of regardless some of the absolutely. physical limitations. And I don't want to poo poo the physical limitations because there are kids coming home without limbs, and this is not good. But, right. or and, not but, but and, when you speak with these young men and women, um, in many cases, it's easier for them. To reintegrate because their wounds are visible than those for whom the wounds yeah. are invisible
4: In this, absolutely. you know yesterday, I was actually at Georgetown University and I was speaking with the student veterans there, and I could not tell you how impressed I am with that group. They are motivated, they're excited, they're inquisitive and endearing. Uh, but one of the things that one of the veterans said to me was... Well, the reason some of us don't want to talk about our, our experiences is because we want to protect the civilians from the details. And I thought that was pretty interesting. They said, we'll take care of the details and protect you. We want you to feel oh. protected. So I don't want to share those details with you. And then another veteran encountered that with, but let me ask you, and it was his statement, don't we have an obligation that the folks that we are studying with in our classrooms, these are the folks who are going to become leaders in business and technology and health care, government. These are the folks who are going to decide to send the next generation of war or, or of soldiers to war. And don't we have an obligation to teach them what that means? And so these conversations are very rich between these students. And so it was really exciting to see that that's an example of the way they're thriving. They're talking deeply about the impact of both sides. And the other thing I wanted to bring up that's really exciting for us to announce is support the Reebok Spartan Race. Um, If you're familiar with the Spartan Race, and and I know many of your listeners are, it's an adventure race where it's very, very physical, lots of obstacles to overcome, things like barbed wire and fire, and the sense of accomplishment is fantastic. Well, Spartan Race has um, decided to donate to us a free race code Provided by Reebok, but those people who are interested in using this race as a challenge to thrive. Those folks who, those veterans who want to go out specifically and give themselves the challenge to do something. Because as you know, uh, health and wellness is very important in um, recovery from PTSD to make PTSD. And so um, Spartan Race is really coming on board to help us do that as well. So as you can see, lots of thriving going on. It's very, very exciting.
1: And thriving is the operative word, to thrive and to flourish in spite of the adversity and the challenges. And I believe that this group of returning warriors is very well equipped to uh, meet the challenge. They need guidance and facilitation and mentorship, and that's what we can all do collectively through these fellowship processes. Processes Absolutely. that you're doing, that we're doing, that it, Jody's doing with her work—it it takes a village, and we have to care. We have to care, so we we raise healthy communities.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, I Absolutely. And give and the civilian part. The civilian part is vital. The you, know, you, you we were talking earlier briefly that isolation is that weak link, and this yes. is where um, the civilian population can come can come forward not just because it's altruistic, but because the civilian population does have a role to play in all of this. Um, Every decision to not go off to war, every decision to vote, every decision we make in continuing to honor the service of the folks who have gone off and come back, these are all steps forward in the conversation because every single person has a life to live and every single person understands their decisions on their own ways. But when we get all those decisions together, that's where you begin what is healthiest for our overall communities that they live in. Um, you know, we went to Princeton. Princeton, New Jersey is a very different community than, say, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, for example. They're just culturally very, very different. But by meeting the folks where they're at, we can delve into their communities and figure out what's important to rebuild in according to the best uh, services that we can offer them.
1: Well, this work is very, very beautiful work. And I thank you for being with me, Rebecca. And I will have you on again in a few months and get an update with the Spartan race, update with the Don't Ask, Don't Tell dialogue that you're having with the LGBTQ. Uh, Q community updating on the women's programming the college campuses there's a lot to catch up with for contact information again the website is www.intersectionsinternational.org on twitter it is at intersections and on facebook it is intersections and veteran civilian dialogue is there a separate website for the veteran civilian dialogue
4: no, the best way to reach is
1: through our intersection link, but
4: there is a separate Facebook page, which is specifically Veterans-Civilian Face Dialogue when they when they look it up on Facebook.
1: Excellent. And I, I just want to add that I had a, a wonderful experience this past weekend. I was asked to speak at a church that started a, um, a veteran program. It's called the, the the Listening Post and Veteran Voices. And they had a, a man who was a, a, a medic in, in Vietnam who later became a doctor, and he had kept notes on a calendar for his, year of, uh, for his tour in Vietnam. And I'm, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to just speed this up. But he played um, a, a video that he had made for the audience, and everybody was so moved because they had no idea. They were so removed from the war experience. They had no way to relate mm. to it or have empathy. And this is where I see the value of this programming. I'm coming to the speed completion here, and I want to just do the few thoughts before we part because <laughs> they are so relevant. Here they are. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen along with Rebecca Summers and Jody Bremer, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And next week is breast cancer awareness.
2: Somehow, Thanks for
0: joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on Toginet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.